Hey everyone, welcome back to the Modern Music Marketing Podcast by Generis Studios. I'm your host, Andrew Southworth. In this video, I wanted to talk about uh, ways that you can optimize your YouTube channel or things you should focus on to improve the growth and reach of your YouTube channel, and in particular, focusing on music artists. Now, I don't want to spend too much time talking about the types of content that artists can be making on their YouTube channel, because that's a very deep topic on its own. Uh, and if people want that, just hit me up on Instagram or something or, or email and let me know if you want me to dive into YouTube even more. But in general, on a surface level, as an artist, there are several types of, of styles you can approach. And one of the most common ones is to do tutorials. You know, you can have a channel where you show the techniques you use to make your music, whether that's electronic music production, whether that's uh, audio engineering and recording actual instruments, or whether that's how you, you do your own vocal processing or whatever. Another process is to document, meaning do behind the scenes content, vlog style content, and everything related to that. And the, the last kind of big category is do something completely different than music. Um, if you look at YouTubers that, that have branched out into music, like uh, Gabby Han is a good example, she basically became known just for her vlogs. They weren't about her music, but she managed to build an audience and then use that audience to grow and essentially create a music career. Um, so those are kind of the three general areas artists can go into, but now I want to focus the rest of this episode on how you can grow your channel. Because I have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Andrew Southworth. I'll put a link in the show notes. And I've grown it to right now 16,583 subscribers. And just up front, I want you to be aware that YouTube is a long game. You know, you, you the things you do today and do every week might not have a big impact until six months or a year from now. You have to be willing to work hard and consistently for months on end before you start seeing the, the results that you want. So the way that I think about it is, the first thing you need to think about for your YouTube channel is a target audience and a value proposition. And just so I can kind of quote um, some resources here for, for you to further your knowledge base, uh, there's a great channel on YouTube called Video Creators. And they their whole channel is just about helping YouTubers grow their channel. And this is kind of a core thing that they teach. And I've taken several of their paid trainings, and it's a core principle in the paid trainings too. So a value proposition. You want to be able to describe in essentially a sentence or a couple words what your channel is about. So for me, it's helping artists make music and get heard. Although more recently, it's basically just helping artists get heard. But either way, it's if someone asks me what's, what's your channel about, I can just drop that. I know exactly what it's about. You don't want to be saying, oh, my channel, I teach music production, but I also teach serum tutorials, and I, I also share my music, and I also do... You don't want to have that long list. You want to have essentially one sentence. And it can be creative. It can be helping, uh, inspiring artists to be the best music creators they can be. You know, it, it can be kind of vague, but you want it to be short and concise and pretty accurately describe your channel. From that, you can develop your target audience. And I, I want to encourage you to dive into this in pretty good detail, meaning you want to essentially make a Facebook, not, not literally, but in, in your head on paper and writing, make essentially a Facebook profile for your ideal target audience. How old is your, and I want you to think about in terms of one person. How old is that person? What do they do? 
What kind of jobs do they work? What artists do they listen to? What do they watch on YouTube? What websites do they purchase things from? Um, and keep going down that rabbit hole. For me, just to give you my example, when I was figuring this out, I, I wrote this down, and it's this is just going off memory. Um, it's much more detail in writing, but the one from memory is my target audience avatar is someone named Audio Nerd Nelson. <laughs> and Audio Nerd Nelson is a pre-college to early college age, most likely male uh, person. And they're, they're let's just say they're just get, getting into college. And, you know, they might like what they're going to school for, but they love making music too. They they might have a job, they might not, but either way, they're, they're doing one thing, and then at night, they're working on their music. And they've They've put out music before, but they've never really had great results. And they've, they used to think that music should really just sell itself. So they would put out a song, put all this work into it, release it, and get like 10 streams. And now they'd get bummed out to the point where they almost felt like they weren't good enough. Or they just didn't want to even bother making music anymore. Um, but they're trying to improve. So they watch channels on YouTube like Adam Ivy, like Burstamo, like Full Stack Creative or like my channel, <laughs> uh, to get better at music marketing. And then they also watch channels like Cymatics, or um, it just blanked out for a sec, or like Andrew Wong, and then a few of those other, other music production tutorial channels to improve their music production knowledge. They would love to be able to do music full-time, but at the moment, they, they, they aren't having the results to be able to pull that off. And on paper, that actually goes down much deeper. But that, is, from memory, that is my target avatar. And every time I make a YouTube video, I think of that value proposition and that target avatar. And that helps me make sure that whatever I'm doing is essentially tailored for that person. Now, I want to clarify up front that by getting this specific, you're not alienating anyone. It's not like you post this target avatar on your YouTube channel. <laughs> You're not going to say, like, I'm looking for 18-year-old college students who want to, you know, you don't, you, don't get, you don't tell people about this custom audience thing. This is really for you. Um, and, and even though that is my target audience, my customer avatar, so to speak, I still have plenty of 40, 50-year-old people to watch my channel. And I still have people who already do music full-time that watch my channel. And... I have people who aren't even into music who want to learn about Facebook ads that watch my channel. So I'm not alienating any of those people by keeping that person in mind. It just means that when that person who fits that customer avatar sees one of my videos, they feel like it's made for them because it is made for them. And I, this is a lot of work to think about. I encourage you to literally spend like an hour or two thinking about these two subjects, uh, your, your value proposition and your customer avatar or target audience, whatever you want to call it. Because that's going to influence almost every decision you make. So now that I get that out of the way, I want to dive into the meat and potatoes of this. The things that you probably actually care about the most that you're wondering, well, like, what's the secret sauce to, to uh, optimize a video? So first I'll talk about what it is not. In the past, YouTube videos were essentially ranked by keywords. Um, and... Because of this, people would essentially keyword stuff, their titles, their tags, their descriptions, and it didn't really, it wasn't good for the viewer experience because people could essentially game the system. Because of that, years later, you know, I think that ended in like 2012 or something, 
people still think that's the way to go. So they make these titles, to, to quote video creators actually, uh, they say they make titles optimized for robots, not people. And that's bad. You want to optimize all your everything about your video for a person, not for a machine. Yes, YouTube is going to look at your title and look at your description and look at your tags, but it's not ranking things like that anymore. There is no secret f formula of tags and keywords and titles to make things work. So that's the first thing I want to kind of squash down. In particular, if I were to rank the most important elements in terms of that like metadata that you fill out, the most important thing of a YouTube video is the thumbnail and then the title. After that, much less important is the description. And then after that, the least most important thing is are the tags. And a lot of people online share that the tags are super, you know, they're like, those tags are super important. You need to make sure you get the right tags, get the right order of them. And like, yeah, they, they do something, but they're essentially the least important thing you fill out when you're doing your video. And YouTube even tells you that. Like, hey, these tags basically don't matter. <laughs> they're really only used for spelling mistakes and a few other things. So let me, let me dive through those things that are most important. The, the thumbnail. Why is the thumbnail the most important? If, if, you're, if you're not driving, <laughs> if you're sitting in front of a computer or something, or even later when you, you're, you're free, open up YouTube on your phone or on your computer and just scroll around and, and notice what, what gets you to stop scrolling. What videos get you to pause and read the title? It's the ones with the best thumbnails, right? So essentially the thumbnails are what gets people to even look at your title. Because very quickly someone can see your thumbnail and it should pique their curiosity. So that's kind of step one there. Have a thumbnail that piques someone's curiosity and gives them the gist of a video just from that one image that they see for a split second. That thumbnail should hook them enough so that they look at your title. And that title should be curious and describe the video enough to where it makes them want to actually click the video. Now, you got their attention, you got them to read the title, and you've got them to click the video. Next, your first five seconds of the video has to hook them. And this is where a lot of people, including myself in the past, would fail miserably. Because you, a lot of people feel like YouTubers, and a lot of big YouTubers do do this. They, they will have these long intros. You know, they start off the video being, you know, they might say like, Hey everyone, my name's Andrew. I do this on my channel. If you like my channel, you should subscribe and like the video and leave a comment for a question. Next thing you know, you're 10, 15 seconds in the video. You just showed an intro. And like you don't get any content until like, you know, kind of a lot of time in, in the modern world. And that's the wrong way to do it. You want the first five seconds of the video to essentially make them feel glad that they liked your thumbnail and liked your title. And they should get a little bit of instant gratification from hearing the hook, the first five seconds of your video. So one example, I'll give an example of my own video, one that I just released, well, tonight, as of the recording of this. And the thumbnail, it's, it has a picture of me kind of pointing to the side, and there's some text that says, $100 Facebook ad campaign. And then below it, there's a picture, from Spotify for Artists, that says, 137,850% change increase since last month. And it says Spotify. So if someone sees that and they're like, he, for $100, he had 137,000% increase 
since the last month, what, you know, what the hell? Then they read the title and they see Facebook ads for music artist, $100 budget campaign. And they're like, okay, like that gets my attention. Then they click the video. The first thing I say in the video, well, I'm, I'm going off of memory now, but it's essentially like, um, you know, I, I, I had a hundred dollars to spend in a campaign and I, I get some crazy results. I don't remember exactly how I started it, but it's something like that. Within the first five, 10 seconds, I have explained that I ran a hundred dollar Facebook campaign driving traffic to Spotify and I got incredible results. And I teased them with a picture of the results I got. And then from that point, that hook should be strong enough to make them want to watch the video. And in my case, I think mine was. And because they want to see how I made the campaign, they want to see every single detail in Spotify for artists. And that gives me a little bit of time to construct a story. So I, after I get the intro bit where I hook them in, I explain that the reason I'm doing this campaign is because a couple months ago, I ran a remix competition where the top prize, the winner got a $100 Facebook ad campaign managed and funded by me. And the winner of this is the, re is the result of this campaign. And then I can kind of start showing the data. And then at the later half of the video, I dive into the Facebook ads. And that gets me to my next topic. The next most important thing you want to focus on is the watch time. And the way that you do that is focusing on what's called the average view duration. And let me open up my analytics so I get the right names. But it's called the audience retention. Um, there's a couple different numbers. There's average view duration, a.k.a. audience retention. Your, your mission as a YouTuber is to get that number to where it's over 50%, meaning that every person that clicks your video watches at least half of your video. And then your next goal is to get 50% of all people that watch the video to your end screens. Those two numbers will not necessarily be the same. <laughs> but you, you want to strive for 50%, at least 50% on both. So what a great video might have a 60% watch time and like let's say if it's a 10 minute video it has a 60% average view duration so it's about a six minute average view time and then 50% of the viewers getting to the last 20 seconds of the end screens because the end screens let you pitch them another video so instead of focusing on the end hey subscribe to my channel like this video comment down below you want to say you know so I hope this helps you get a lot of great results, but I actually have a whole playlist that you can go check out and even get better at this stuff, whatever you're showing in your channel, or however, whatever way you want to phrase it. You know, you could say, um, let's say I'm doing a vlog style content and something crazy happened like a week ago. You can say, and if you're curious about how that thing went, I actually put out this video a week ago that you can check out right here and something like that. You know, it's, it all depends on the content of your channel, but the idea is that you want to have someone see your thumbnail, be curious enough to read the title, click the title, get them to the first five seconds, hook them in the first five seconds, and then get them to watch all the way to the end screen and then click on to another video. That is the best case scenario you should strive for with every viewer. Now, it doesn't happen with every viewer, so that's why we have these 50% random numbers. Because what happens is, when you get all of that right, you're going to have a very high watch time and you're gonna have a very high end screen click percentage. And what YouTube sees that as is this must be a great video. People are, they're clicking on it. They're watching most of it or all of it. And then they're clicking on another one of these channels videos and watching that. So what happens is those people that watch that whole video and then click to another video, you're gonna be following them around YouTube for like a week. <laughs> and 
you can test this out for yourself. Go find a random YouTuber that you've never watched before. Or if you want, you can do it with my videos, which would be great for me. But <laughs> go to that channel and watch a whole video. Get to the end screen and then click on another video and watch that whole video. And then just go back to the YouTube home screen and refresh the page. Or maybe come back an hour later. I bet on your home page or in the sidebar next to other videos, YouTube is going to be recommending you more videos to watch on that channel. And a lot of this is similar to what I've what I talk about in terms of growing songs on Spotify, right? I'm sure you're noticing there's a lot of analogies here. It's all about great data. It's not about sending a bunch of people. It's about getting the right people to do the right things. And that's that's where uh, that that's where you you have to be kind of creative with how you target the right people. I don't want people who want, you know, I teach a lot of Facebook ad stuff on my channel. I don't want people who want to learn Facebook ads for drop shipping to click my video because they're going to watch five seconds and leave and realize it's not for them. So I make it abundantly obvious that my stuff is for music marketing um, because having the wrong people doesn't help you. Now, if, if your video is a little more broad, then you can be more broad, but never target something that your video is not. And then once you get the right people there, you're going to follow them around YouTube and YouTube is going to start realizing that your content must be quality. So they're going to start recommending it to more people similar to the people that watch that video and engage with it. Just like on Spotify, if your song gets a high save rate and a high listen rate, it gets on a bunch of user playlists and it gets you a bunch of followers, they're going to start recommending it to people who are similar to those people. And it keeps recommending it new songs to those people too. That's how YouTube works. It's just like Spotify to a degree. So <laughs> um, I know this is a ton of information, um, but I, I want to give a quick recap. And I know recaps are not good because as soon as you hear me say, I want to do a quick recap, you're thinking the, the, the episode's over, I'm going to click away. But listen, because I want to have a chance to recap it in a meaningful way. You want someone to see your thumbnail. You want them to stop scrolling, be curious by your thumbnail. And then you want them to read your title, be curious again, and click your video. The first five seconds should deliver on the promise that the thumbnail and the title teased and hook them enough to make them want to watch all the way to the end of the video. And you want to get people to that end screen. And instead of recommending that they subscribe or like or comment, you want to recommend that they watch either a playlist or another video. The end goal is you want as many people to click your video, as many of the right people as possible to click your video, watch the whole video, and then click to another video. Because then you're going to follow them around YouTube for the next week. And eventually they're going to realize that they've watched five of your videos and they're just going to subscribe anyways. And they're just going to like your videos anyways. They're just going to interact in all the meaningful ways anyways. And those are the things I've done to take my channel from growing before for about a year from 200 subscribers a month, which is still good. I was very happy at that growth. But I grew it from 200 subscribers a month all the way up to 1,400 subscribers a month. Focusing on just those metrics. So, and, and just to wrap this up further, you can go to your analytics on YouTube for video, look in the reach page, and you'll see a funnel. Where's the reach page? Let me, let me get this open just so I'm not lying to you. You're going to go to the analytics of your video. You're going to go to the reach page. On the right, you're going to see impressions and how they led to watch time. And this is your funnel, right? You see how many impressions converted via your click rate into actual views. And then how, and then how, out of those views, how much average view duration was generated 
and then that calculates how much watch time was generated. And this boils down to what YouTube is actually optimizing for, which is expected watch time per unique user impression. So <laughs> basically, per impression, how much watch time is generated. And that's all the things I already discussed. And it's super important. So I don't want to ramble on anymore because I know this was a lot of stuff. And I'll probably talk about YouTube again in the future. But again, if you want to hear something specific, feel free to hit me up on Instagram or via uh, a YouTube comment or something. But anyways, hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, if, you, if, you, if you're loving the show, um, subscribe or follow on whatever platform you're on. If you're on Apple, I'd appreciate a rating and a review. Um, and yeah, I'll see you next episode. Thanks for listening. Bye.